I'm Christine. I'm an alcoholic. Um, I'm just going to start a timer so I don't go over. Um, so I'm really happy to be here with everyone today. Um, thanks, Adriana, for asking me to come and share with you. I'm really excited to hear you in a little bit. Um, so I'll start off with telling you guys a little bit about uh, me, some important facts about me. So my sobriety date is December 19th, 2014, and I have a home group. That's the uh, big book study in Sherman Oaks called Principles Before Personalities, and my sponsor is Quincy W. And those are like three really important things that they told me when I was new that I needed to get and keep right a sobriety date, a home group and a sponsor. Um, so I hold those things really dear to me. So anyways, I'll talk a little bit about what it was like and what happened and what it's like now. So I took my first, um, you know, drink and that was like, but I guess my first experience prior to even taking a drink, I would, I had that addictive personality. And I can remember like when I was in high school, getting addicted to things like NyQuil, you know, like taking handfuls of like pills, like things like that, just wanting to have a head change. Right. And I remember feeling like up to that point, I was just a kid that strived really hard for acceptance, you know, and I just wanted to fit in. I wanted to be a part of, you know, so when I, um, finally got a chance to take a drink for the first time for me, that was like a spiritual experience, right? It was like for the first time in my life, I could just go, you know, and I just, I chased that. And I remember, um, I was like 18 years old. And so I started a little late and a friend of mine had an aunt that went out of town. And so it was a bunch of like these really good, like Christian girls and me and my friend, Jamie and Jamie was just, she was cool. You know, she played bass guitar. She smoked cigarettes. She drank, she smoked weed. And I just wanted to be like her, you know? And she, I remember this day she looked at me and she said, you know, are you ready? There's a bunch of beer in the fridge. Like this is our one shot, right? Like we can, we can drink right down. And I was like, definitely down. So I remember taking those five beers, going into the bathroom by myself and just chugging them all really quick, which I didn't really think was a problem, you know, until I started telling like other people that don't think that drinking five beers by yourself in the bathroom is normal. <laughs> and I remember like, just, I remember being in there by myself and just feeling like my arms were light, you know, and just feeling like I was free, you know, and I felt like from when I was under the influence of something, I felt like I was more myself, you know, in the beginning, like I felt like I could actually be comfortable in my own skin. I could be present with you. And, you know, I heard it described recently, like, uh, um, you know, non-addicts or alcoholics, when they are not drinking, um, when they're sober, like they are enjoying the company of the people around them. Life is beautiful. There's colors in life, right? They feel like when they put a substance in their system, like it doles that out, you know, like they aren't really able to enjoy the people around them. And for me, I'm having like this fundamental different, fundamentally different experience when I get loaded. For me, it's like, I feel like I want to crawl out of my skin without something in my system. And when I I put drugs or alcohol in my body, all of a sudden I can breathe all of a sudden, like you are more engaging, you are more funny and not as funny as me, but like, you know, I can like be present with you. Right. I feel like the music's better. Everything's better. Right. I felt like I had really, you know, arrived, like it talks about in our literature. And so, you know, at the beginning it was like, um, it didn't really seem like that big of a deal to me. You know, I just, I was in college and I was just doing what I thought everybody else was doing. You know, I remember, um, I would um, later go on to, and I mean, it wasn't that far after that, but, you know, maybe like six months into it, I realized that the people I was hanging out with weren't getting loaded the way that I wanted to get loaded. So I would just find new friends. Right. And so I would move around friend groups and what would start to happen is that every couple months, some major event would occur that I would be really embarrassed to go around those people. And so I would just have to kind of like, like, you know, go into hiding for like three weeks, and like reemerge, you know, and I just kind of drank through that and um, got loaded through that until one day it just got to this point where I literally thought I was going crazy, you know, and I had come to on the freeway as I was smashing into a street sweeper 
And yeah, so, and I remember the next day, you know, I got online, I started like Googling mental disorders. Cause I thought for sure, I'm just crazy, right? There's something wrong with me. I knew that it wasn't normal to, to get loaded like that. Like I knew it wasn't normal to, um, you know, start getting loaded by yourself, never make it to where your friends are at and, and, you know, come to as you're smashing into a street super. And so I thought maybe I was just crazy. And I remember, um, you know, I called my mom and she suggested to me that I either go into rehab or I look up a meeting. Right. And so I decided that, you know, rehab was a little drastic for me. So I felt like, okay, I'll go to a meeting. So I went, I remember, you know, that began, began my journey with this program and I was 22 years old and I had so many yet, you know, and I came in and they said things like, if you feel like you are not, um, an addict, you know, try to control and enjoy your using or drinking. Right. And they said, you know, try to use for a little while and then stop, stop abruptly, try to control it. And I really felt like with everything in me, I was going to be able to control it. Right. I just thought I had never done it at that point. And so what I experienced over the next six years was really, um, my disease. You know, I, I tried every imaginable way to control it and I just couldn't, you know, um, I would have little periods of time that I would put together of sobriety and I would kind of come in and visit meetings. And then I would like, you know, go back out. Right. And I did this over and over and over again. And I, I just couldn't surrender, you know, um, it's so, it's so weird to me to like, you know, comprehend that I don't have like willpower against this thing. Like, how is it that I can't control it? You know, I can, I felt like I could control everything in my life. If I wanted something, I just thought if I worked hard enough, I'd be able to, to do it. Right. And that it just wasn't my experience with drugs and alcohol, you know, no amount of willpower was like, would enable me to be able to get it under control. So finally, um, in 2014, I've just, you know, like a, it was the craziest thing. Like I, I had a really bad night and I got the next day I woke up and it was just one of those days where I had, you know, crossed the lines. I said, I was never going to cross. Right. And I just, you know, I felt really crappy and I wake up to this text message from a girl that I um, had done yoga with. And she had no clue. I was ever in like a 12 step program. And she said, I'm in a lot of pain. I want to go to a meeting tonight. Um, you know, I'm not an addict, but those people there understand pain. Will you go with me? Um, and I said, yes. And she asked me to go to a meeting that was my old home group, you know, and I remember walking into that meeting and I felt, you know, all the shame and guilt. And I felt like every time I would go back out and come back in, I felt like I was going to be judged by the people in the rooms, you know, and I, I, I was ashamed that I couldn't stay sober. And I remember walking into that room and, and that what just wasn't my experience that day. Like the people were actually really happy to see me. They were just so happy that I was still alive, you know, and I remember feeling like the love that we feel. It's like a magical connection that we have in these rooms, you know, and those people those that had been going to that meeting for years were still there. They were still clean and sober and they were still doing the deal. And I remember you know, just feeling like at first, like I didn't want to stop, but I just kept going, you know, and every single day for like 60 days, I had that obsession, you know, and well, if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about in our literature, it describes this disease as like twofold, right? So there's this, there's this craving that happens. It's an allergy that happens once I put drugs or alcohol in my system, it sets off this phenomenon of craving that I need more. Right. So I knew that I knew that once I put something in, like there was, I need, I had a desire that I needed to get more, but the thing that really surprised me was that once I was sober for a period of time and that craving wasn't triggered anymore, I still had this obsession in my mind that would tell me this time it's going to be different. It didn't matter that I got arrested at a baby shower. It didn't matter that I smashed into a sweet sweeper. It didn't matter that my family, you know, was estranged at this point. Like I just felt like it was going to be different, right? It was insane, you know, and I had this obsession in my mind. And so for the first 60 days of my sobriety, that obsession was like heavy, right? I was trying to do the steps with my sponsor, um, but this still hadn't been lifted. And I remember 
at 60 days, I was on step three. I remember being at this point where I was, I was going to get loaded, right? I just felt like everything in me, I wanted to get loaded. And I remember, um, I was in Chicago and, um, and I prayed that day to like this God that I didn't even, I couldn't even comprehend. Right. And I didn't even know what was going to happen, but I, it was almost kind of like a deal kind of, and I said, you know, God, I will, um, look up this meeting on my phone. So I was in Chicago and it was like the middle of February and it was snowing and I didn't have my luggage. The airlines had lost my luggage. And so I was like, I didn't have any of the right clothes. <laughs> like, I'm just going to walk in the snow. If I can find this meeting, I'm going to go to it. If I can't, I'm going to go into a bar, please help me. And, and that night, you know, um, I'm just checking my time that night, like two angels were sent to me. I had, I met a woman that had 20 years and a woman that had 30 years clean. And they came up to me after the meeting and they just said to me, some of the most spiritual words that you hear in these rooms, they said, come on, we're going to get tacos. Like, come with us, you know? And I went, with them and they sang it was my birthday too so they sang happy birthday to me and they like the the love of this program just wrapped around me right and I was in a city where no one knew me and I was just kind of dumbfounded by the fact that they cared so much you know and I felt as corny as it sounds I felt like this is my home and that day the obsession was lifted for me. And that didn't mean that like, I came back to California and I didn't do anything. Like I came back and I got really involved in this program. I finished my four step and, um, you know, one of the biggest things in my sobriety has been sponsorship and working with other addicts. And so when I was six months, um, clean, I started sponsoring. I had, you know, worked my 12 steps and I got really involved in that, you know, and it's really, for me, it says in our book, like, um, that, when all else fails, like intensive work with another alcoholic, you know, we'll, we'll save the day. Right. And that's my experience. So, you know, I'm really grateful for everything that I have now. And, you know, I, today at like six and a half years, I do like the same very simple things that I did when I was new. I am of service when I'm asked to be of service. I raise my hand to sponsor. I go to a meeting practically every day still, you know, and I still work my 10, 11 and 12 step um, regularly. And it's just those basic things that keep me sober. And if it's working, like why, um, so why change it? So with that, that's all I have. Thanks.